0: Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game, Rules, by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try hard to stick to reasonable languages for all ages, listeners should know that this is a podcast that may include mature themes. All content, including names... Places, events, companies, and etc. may bear resemblance to persons living or dead is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Okay, and we're back. So, welcome in, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode. Uh, You know me as Keeper Michael, and this evening, to my right, we're going to start off with introductions.
1: I am Heather, and I am playing Anastasia Edwina Fairchild, Stasi to her friends, a weekly columnist and very creative and curious mind who... Well, has her own secrets and wants to know a little bit of everybody else's.
0: <laughs> Just had an article uh, accepted. Just had an article accepted. She did. So yes, I did. Some some fun
2: things coming. And then uh, across the table for me, uh, I'm Jake playing Jack Doyle, private investigator. Uh, per- uh, apparently, I break into stuff too. So <laughs> yeah, you
0: have a lock picking, uh, a kind of a lock picking theme going. So I don't know
2: if we'll get to the point where you get to pick a lock this evening but you have kind of a streak going so. yeah i mean this will probably be the first time and i've been in a game and i haven't picked a lot yet so. <laughs> right it may be it may be <laughs> uh, and then to my left
3: uh tiffany playing Maeve o'shea who is currently visiting her mother in arkham
0: you are you took a little trip away now the nice part is is that since our last episode Miss mistazi and mr doyle uh have not been aware of what you've been doing which is kind of cool so We'll maybe get into some of the stuff that you're doing in Arkham in a little bit. But what I want to do, first and foremost, is I want to start to my right with Nastasi, who, after the events of the meatpacking facility, after everything... Tragic. Terrible. Indeed. Uh, you probably took a day or so to collect yourself, I'd imagine.
1: I'd say a martini glass in hand, a bubble bath, and probably more than one. Uh, a phone call to California to sure. my to Mary, very good friend Mary, yep. who is still out, uh, be helping her archaeologist uh, professor uh, over at the Cecil B. DeMille um, studios. Well, Grand Epic, I believe, they are filming out that direction.
0: That is what you've heard.
1: Uh, Probably caught up on a column or two just to find something else to think about for a little bit. Mm -hmm. That and, you know, I still do need my money coming in, so. And probably a few more cups of coffee.
0: You are uh, taking coffee one Wednesday morning and the telephone rings. Mm. it's about 11 o'clock or so in the morning. So you've had a moment or two to wake up and to properly um, attend to yourself in the morning and then kind of set about the day a bit with some some light writing and maybe some reading in the New American Magazine's previous issue because you know that uh, at least uh, there's a half a chance you might be able to pitch some of your stories to them. Mm. And that is when the phone rings. Hello. Stasi, darling, it's Mary. I have wonderful news.
1: Mary, darling, how are you?
0: I am wonderful. Oh. We are planning on coming back soon.
1: Oh, we'll have to go out. We have to go get a party.
0: We will. I. It has been such a wonderful time out here. The sun is unbelievable. Nothing like the choked dreariness of Chicago. This place... Beams during the day I almost um, I almost considered uh, Looking into some lighter clothing While I was out here because the sun is so nice
1: mm, And now you're just teasing
0: <laughs> You know I was, I was picking in Amongst some of the things that we'd seen out here And I saw something That reminded me Of A piece I think I'd seen in some of your stuff Oh, a trinket, a mm. shiny bubble. Yes, I have it here. She, you can hear her kind of rummage a bit there on the on the phone. Uh, she, uh, You kind of take the candlestick phone and kind of lean it up against you. You can hear her in her not day bag. Or she's, she's definitely moving through something. You can hear some mm. things moving around. Here it is, yes, yes. It's, uh, well... Uh, It's a coin, and on one of its faces, there seems to be some sort of symbol. Now, I I spoke with a man, a local man here, who said that it it must have come from Peru. And then I remembered that you spent some time in Peru. Oh, yes,
1: of course. Just uh a... Brief, a <laughs> um, brief passe. Uh, yes. Why? 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 Why would? Why? What about the coin?
0: Well, uh, we we had it checked, right? Uh, and the another local man here who deals with coins and with precious metals said that it's gold. It's real gold. It's not plated or or uh, uh, some sort of pyrite or or anything else it's actual gold darling you are in
1: california i do believe they had that called the gold rush state for a reason but how lovely you'll have to show me this beautiful trigger when you get home darling oh please when are you getting home i do miss you so
0: uh, well he said next week we're we're packing and organizing and itemizing everything that we've done here and then of course he wants to talk to Oh, hundreds of people before he leaves. He wants to make sure that he has his, um, what did he say? He wants to make sure he has a, a few stakes in the ground around here just in case uh, Chicago becomes, you know, less than pleasurable in the future. Mm.
1: Well, you let him know that you are not going to be available for several days afterwards because I am going to have you all to myself again and again.
0: Sounds wonderful. Mm.
1: I have missed you, darling. I'm so glad, though, that it's ending on a good note.
0: Mm. It's been wonderful, and we'll be home soon. Take care, okay?
1: I do. I love you, darling.
0: I love you, too. He hangs up the phone, you hear it click, and then you kind of sit back, and in the pale light of uh, the day that comes through the room, you... Begin to grind a bit on what she talked about. You don't, you've known Mary for some time, but you don't remember going to Peru. But she talked as if it was a memory you'd shared with her, as if it was a story you told. Now, you told a lot of stories in your life. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. Some are more important to tell than others.
1: <laughs> well, <clears throat> sometimes the stories sound better than the truth,
0: but... Sometimes those stories have kept you protected. Mm-hmm. And so it's possible you think maybe you're... Maybe during one of your evenings out, you may have mentioned in a passing tale when you're out of the town that you spent some time in Peru. But as you think more and more about it, this coin, the strange image she spoke about on it, you can't remember ever going to Peru or even ever telling the story that you'd gone to Peru. And so it sits and picks at you a bit there in the 11 o'clock hour and you try to want you trying to determine what she was talking about and mary's not one to lie love her dearly she's a fairly straightforward and honest individual maybe a bit naive maybe a bit naive but you like that about her yeah, i do you like that about her um, and um so,
1: maybe she was mistaken i'll I'll have to figure it out. I'm sure it'll come to me at some point if I said something. Hmm.
0: The rest of the morning hours are spent between reasonable amounts of food, a proper drink, just to fortify oneself here at the midday, Mm. and a fair amount of writing time. With what's happened at the meatpacking plant behind you for the most part, you've you've been allowed to collect yourself over the past few days, and you're really just now getting back to feeling like the old Stasi. There aren't crazy things happening. There aren't cultists trying to kill you or uh, strange creatures coming out of the earth. There's nothing like that.
1: You're surrounded by people who have the most wild of thoughts and remind you of darker times.
0: Indeed. Indeed. There's a knock at the door around about
1: 1230. Mm. Goodness. Mm. One moment. I'll go to the door after making sure I put on something... A robe to make it more appropriate because... Yeah,
0: you have your, you have your nightgown and a robe and then the house coat. You have multiple layers to at least be reasonable enough to answer the door.
1: One of the joys of working from home.
0: You don't want to flaunt anything to the neighbors or to the passerbys. You're,
1: Unless I do. But I don't.
0: You're a reasonable woman who decides to make those choices when she does.
1: I do. When I don't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the uh, There's a man... Uh, at the door. A nice suit, hat. May I help he, uh, you? Takes his hat off. Ma'am, I was looking for, uh... A, there's a lady at the house. Mary?
1: I'm sorry. She's away right now. Hmm. I'm her roommate.
0: Of course. He puts his hand in his jacket pocket and pulls out a card. Mm-hmm. It's a rather uh, large, business card, maybe... Mm, Three or so inches tall by about four inches. It's a bit oversized than the ones we're used to to today. He hands it to you, or hands it over.
1: I take it. I read. I glance at it.
0: uh, It says Jack Thompson. Antiquities Limited. Aventis Limited. London, England.
1: Mr. Thompson. um, She will not be back for at least a week.
0: Mm.
1: Shall I have her uh ring you up when she re- returns we'll, do you have a um a, a contact
0: uh yes i can be found here uh locally at the chicago hotel downtown mm. i'll be here for a little while it was in regards to uh a private matter
1: mm. as you say Well as I said she won't be back for at least a week oh.
0: I appreciate that ma'am thank you have a wonderful day he...
1: Mr Thompson is there any information that I could give her I mean I could uh, if if she calls uh, she does on something of a ba- regular basis I could let her know uh, let's persuade yeah go ahead That's a success.
0: He uh, gives you a reasonably quick smile. Uh, I apologize. We're not normally uh, the types of folks that talk about private business with uh, others, but uh, the lady of the house did mention that she might have stumbled onto some older South American artifacts I work for a company out of England. They're a direct dealer in international artifacts. Buyers and sellers, you understand.
1: I do understand that antiquities uh, would exchange hands at least in on some legal level.
0: She has a collection of items we're looking to acquire. I cabled her about it about two months ago. And told her that when I was stateside here, I'd pay her a visit. I wasn't aware she'd gone. Otherwise, I wouldn't have troubled you.
1: Oh, it's no trouble whatsoever. Uh, Forgive me uh, for standing here. Would you like to come in? Uh, A cup of coffee? A proper drink? Please. I mean, you just came all the way from the hotel. Sure.
0: Sure, uh, that's fine. He kind of glances back and tips his hat at the taxi that's at the boulevard. And then uh, you see the taxi kind of wave driver wave at him and then rambles off please. he steps in and takes his head off and um, finds a place for it on the, uh, on the right there is fine
1: on the table uh, what can i get for you
0: or what refreshment coffee is fine now yeah.
1: uh, cream and sugar
0: oh no black please hmm. i do always
1: say that a little bit of coffee is much better much better bite Without anything to dull senses, <laughs> I go and pour him a Sure. So, please tell me, tell me more. You said something about a woman of the house. I've. Were you speaking of Mary or your employer?
0: Yes, Mary. Okay. He takes a silver case of cigarettes out and lights one.
1: Hmm. I bring back the coffee. Here you are. Cigarette? Oh, please. Thank you so much. Could he?
0: He, he lights it. <sighs> Those are definitely European. You can mm-hmm. tell there's a difference, and of really almost any character in the game, other than maybe Dr. Tottenbach, you'd be the only person to be able to tell the difference between <sighs> American and European cigarettes.
1: I have not had one of these in quite some time. May I compliment you on your brand?
0: You may. They're Egyptian. Really? I spent a little time there about a year or so ago. Mm. For Aventus. So, there isn't much to tell, really. She cabled our office a couple of months ago Mm -hmm. in New York and we received her cable afterwards in the London office and then we cabled back. Other than that, I haven't spoken to her over the phone yet.
1: Oh. Well, she's been out in California assisting her professor with this new desert epic that I suppose one of the directors out there is filming and uh... in fact I just spoke with her just not too long ago and she was so happy to be coming back (laughs) coming back to the wonderful gay Chicago Hmm.
0: did she (sighs) mention when she'd be back? a week you said?
1: approximately a week Excellent. They had not, I don't know if they had finalized their plans. They were wrapping things up, I believe is the term (laughs) Hmm. they say out in Hollywood.
0: Yeah, I've never been. I'm much more of an East Coast guy.
1: Well, for someone who's so East Coast, spending time in Egypt sounds fascinating. I've always wanted to travel the world.
0: It's hot, ma'am. He smiles.
1: <laughs> if that is all you have taken away from the colorful nature of something so exotic, mm, it's almost disappointing.
0: Well, I took away a couple of uh, bruises, but other than that, bruises.
1: Oh my! That <laughs> must be. It must be a tale there. You must tell me.
0: Some of the some of the marketplaces there can get a little rough. Mm. But uh, we did acquire some pretty fancy uh, bowls and pottery there as well from about a thousand years ago.
1: Oh, my, that is probably quite the find. Oh, you were on a dig, then?
0: I was assisting the company on a dig. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I'm a, I'm a planner. That's what I do. Mm. I plan our some of our company's trips and then assist them with logistics. Moving back and forth across countries can get a little tricky, especially when you're dealing with antiquities.
1: I'm sure there's plenty of... The legalities, I'm sure, are mind-boggling for those of the less knowledgeable. Uh,
0: Well, you'd be surprised how many of those... Legal trip-ups can be fixed by the right words or the right incentive. Mm,
1: probably not as surprised as you might think.
0: Have you spent time
2: overseas?
1: Not no, not in many, many, many years. and I think I was taken over was overseas as a child for a very, very short time. I mean, it was just a trip I have no recollection or memory of it but I know I would long to see the jungles of the Amazon and the pyramids of Giza even I believe as I look at the card
0: mm-hmm.
1: Big Ben in London to see the Queen hm. just to travel the world must be fascinating all I can do is sit here at a table with this rickety old typewriter and try to make daily life sound exciting for my columns, readers. It's not the easiest thing in the world, and I'd much rather be, oh, what do they call it, globetrotting. <laughs>
0: hmm. Well, he uh, takes a, another sip of his coffee and sets the mug down, sets the, the cup down. I do hope you get your opportunity to see the world. Hmm. If you do, be careful.
1: Thieves and pickpockets at every turn.
0: Thieves and pickpockets are only the start. Hmm.
1: There are greater dangers out there, but then again, that's what makes life so exciting to live. So, South America. I will have to. I don't know if she. I don't understand any of it, but if she calls, I would be more than happy to relay any messages.
0: You can find me at the Chicago Hotel, Mm. should you need me.
1: Do you think I could convince you for just one more of those for the road?
0: Oh, of course. He opens the casement up and passes you another one.
1: I slipped two out.
0: That's fine. He doesn't mind. Closes the case and...
1: One for now, one
0: for later. Stands back up. Much obliged, ma'am. I appreciate the coffee. Of course. Takes his hat.
1: Good day, Mr. Thompson. I think if all goes well, we will probably meet again soon. This time with Mary. It's possible. I will uh, let her know that you stopped by...
0: Please do. He takes his, uh, his exit, and uh, instead of waiting or trying to find a cab, he just seems to kind of turn back towards the downtown and takes a walk. It seems to be a nice day for you. Now, Mr. Doyle, on the other hand, it may not be such a nice day for you. You have spent the better part of the past couple of days in between Recovering from a very jarring experience in the depths of the swift meatpacking uh, tunnels underneath to really trying to kind of piece back together what you were doing before all this craziness started. Get back on my case. You do have a case. So I guess the question would be to you is, what, what do you think Doyle would do if he had, you know, a relatively
2: clear Wednesday to work on his case. Well, I well, first of all, I would like to call uh, Mr. Ramsey. Okay, let him know. I'm, I'm sure his secretary picks up. Or. Uh, yeah, yeah, his secretary does okay. pick up. Yeah, uh, I. This is uh, Jack Doyle. I wanted Mr. Ramsey to know that. The murderer has been apprehended. I've been cleared. I want to thank him for all his help and if he ever needs anything to give me a call. He will she takes the notice down and then tells you that uh,
0: he'll try to she'll try to get the message to him and have uh, if you'd
2: like he can call you back. Right. Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. Okay. Um, and I, I guess I'm going to have to look into my last lead for uh Miss Huntington. Okay. Which I believe was the yardie. So now that uh, the kiss is back open again, I believe. Seems to be. This evening I'll have to go back to the kiss. That's a brave move. Okay. Well, (laughs) yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: you spend the day probably just kind of prepping the office a bit or getting things back into center check my mail you know. make a couple of stops when you go to the office before you go to the kiss you notice that there's a note on your door alright uh, the note says in short Doyle I have a tip for you on the woman you were looking for and it's signed Jimmy Yeah. Oh, okay you assume it's probably the driver that's the only Jimmy I know off hand at, at this point yeah uh, so at some point, you you're hopefully will be able to meet up with him. He's right. he may have a tip for you. So and he I know he works at the Kiss, right? He works around the area. Okay. Uh, you're not really sure why he works around the area so much,
2: but you know he's a driver.
3: Do you wonder?
2: Yeah. No, I know why he works around <laughs> the area. I know who owns the Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> you have a good idea on who owns. Yes, yeah, I, I know what he does. He makes money driving people around.
0: Yeah. Exactly. It's an honest living. Uh, so you head back down. Uh, I guess the question would be is, which entrance are you going to use? Because you know that there are multiple entrances.
2: I probably don't have any idea which one Jimmy usually uses when he comes in and out. Mm-hmm.
0: No. No.
2: Maybe O'Shea does, but that's because right. she yeah. used the entrance. I don't think I've ever been in that entrance. or.
3: No, we were because that's where we found your booze. We were in the garage.
2: No, no, that was at the... Uh Meatpacking plant.
3: Oh, was it at the packing yeah. plant? Okay.
2: When we, yeah. Broke, yeah. when we broke in the first time. <laughs> yeah, I, oh, I, I would, and I would I found <laughs> the case of booze. I would not go back
0: there. No. No. At no. the moment. But I mean, you can if you want to. I just.
3: Oh, and have you checked yourself to make sure you're not like tainted because you got it from the meatpacking plant? That's
2: yeah, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the alcohol has killed anything. Cause that's some good shit. Sure.
3: You already polished off one of those bottles. I know, we, right? We did okay. Yeah. Kind of.
2: Whatever is happening is probably growing in you now. Right. right? I mean, well,
3: then, no, the only person that I took out. The
2: exit with me, that exit, was Mm -hmm. the doctor. Okay, so I just go to the regular exit I use, knock on the door. You go to the regular
0: entrance um, in the alleyway, the green door that you'd seen from the eatery uh, one of the first nights. And uh, there, standing at the entrance, after you get beyond it, is Patrick Mallory, a guy you've interacted with before. Mm -hmm. He nods to you, and then as you kind of move past, he... He kind of moves to put a hand on your shoulder, and he says, no funny business this time, okay?
2: We don't need any more problems. Hey, I didn't shoot anybody last time. Don't shoot anybody this time. Well, I'm not planning on it. Uh, Is Jimmy around? With the driver? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's. it's possible. I mean,
0: sometimes, sometimes Jimmy finds himself upstairs. So maybe go ask Miss Jane about him? Thank you, I will. Well, you head into the kiss. It seems as the first floor seems as lively as as ever. The uh, speakeasy music, uh, which isn't today anyway, is not a live musician. They actually have a uh, some sort of record player going in here. Some, and you take it up to the second floor, and then go up to the third floor, and uh, you get relatively quickly anyway, given the fact that some of the staff know you here. You get moved past the. Uh, the bouncers that set at the top of the third floor. And then you're in Miss Jane's parlor, which is a kind of a, f- a formal sitting area, which leads later on to the rest of the floor. Right. And you see, you know, the mid-30s probably, the Madam,
2: Miss Jane. Miss comes Jane. out. Yeah. She comes out. Mr. Doyle, That's back Jane. so soon. <sighs> I'm not here for any funny business this time. I'm not a comedian. I won't make you laugh. (laughs) Promise. Is Jimmy here? Have you seen him this evening? I have seen Jimmy this evening. He's detained at the moment. Not a problem. Could you let him know I'm here? He wanted to talk to me. I'll be downstairs having a drink. Absolutely. Thank you.
0: Mm -hmm. She smiles and turns around and kind of moves back towards her um, office area.
2: You head downstairs and you get something to drink. Hey, uh, while I'm down here, I look around. Is is there any yardies here yet? Uh, Probably a little early. It's a little early, but you would imagine the next
0: couple hours or so they're probably going to come in. You get a drink, you hang out, you listen to some music. Um, You see a poker game in the corner kind of start up between a couple of younger guys and some of the other folks who are drinking. It doesn't seem like it's um, something the KISS is necessarily doing with one of their guys. It looks like just a bunch of guys playing cards. You start to see in the next half an hour or so, a couple of yardies come in. You can tell by the look um, and the way they're dressed. They're not going all the way up to the second or third floor. They're here to basically go to beeline right for the bar and they're trying to get as hammered as quickly as they possibly can. Jimmy comes down about ten minutes or so after that, and uh, he's he looks presentable enough. He uh, walks over to the table. Hey, Doyle, did you get my note? Yeah, yes, I did. All right. He kind of uh, positions his body in such a way where uh, he's talking to you, but keeping his back to the Yardies. So listen, I gotta tip that girl, mm-hmm. Elise. Yes. Uh, I think she's been hanging out at a a theater downtown. A place that does cabaret. All right. Uh she's been having with uh hanging out with some pretty heavyweight people. It seems that somebody here may have stopped in a few weeks ago and uh may have taken a liking to her. That's why she hasn't been back. And so, I can give you the name of the theater and you can go check it out if you want. I would appreciate that. Alright. So downtown what you do is you head in. It's a place called The Rex. Uh, they used to do uh, you know nickel theaters and stuff like that. But after the nickel machines are gone they've moved to pretty much cabaret and, uh, and some booze. Not a whole lot but some
2: shouldn't be too hard to find. Okay. I'll look into it. All right. I'll lay a couple dollars in the bar. Why don't you get yourself something to drink? <laughs> uh, I'll probably save it just in case I need to head back upstairs. He takes the
0: money. Of course. Moving on. Yep. So the Rex is a, was, at one point, a pretty happening spot as far as nickel theaters go. They had a few machines and they used to have live music more regularly, but it looks like for the most part, when you get into this place, it almost looks like it's seen better days. And it's after you're in here for a few moments, you think you realize why. The clientele here is very particular type. There are definitely a lot more fair skinned, north side type of Chicagoans here. Over in the corners, there are what you would you would deem regular customers. But it looks like it's possible anyways that uh, D.N. O'Banion's men in, in this area probably have kind of claimed the Rex mm-hmm. now as one of their parlors. Not uncommon that that happens, Right. Or well, at least I blend in.
2: <laughs> you do blend in, absolutely. <laughs> What's the plan? Well, I'll uh, go in and I'll just... First, I want to just kind of hang hang out for a little bit. Okay. Have some drink, check out what's going on. Sure. See if I can scope her out first before I even ask around. Okay. Yeah, uh, you
0: don't get any upfront immediate. Yeah, you know, there's no there's no booze here that you see readily. You do see occasionally people are drinking, but. There aren't. It's, it's it's not like a regular bar. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like whatever's probably being done is done being done covert, because you have moved from where the kiss was, which is close to the old school Levy district in Chicago, where the real vice was before it got shut down, and you've moved pretty far. You've been you moved much further north than that, and you're more into the quote unquote respectable areas of town, mm-hmm. and so they can't be as open with it probably. Yeah, you to get you to see. Not a waitress, but, I mean, obviously there's you know, people asking you if you need anything. There's a bar man here. He's It's a soda fountain and a bunch mm-hmm. of other near beers and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, I just get something.
0: Okay. You grab something to drink and hang out, right? Yep. Okay. So, Miss O'Shea. Mm-hmm. You wake up on a Saturday morning Mm -hmm. in Arkham, Massachusetts. Yes. And you get the distinct feeling that you probably should have eaten dinner.
3: Probably. Yeah.
0: And you didn't. And your stomach is reminding you that you probably should have eaten dinner. Um. I'm gonna go find some place to have breakfast. I suppose. Okay. Um, it's it's not hard. the The place you're staying at has um, a kitchen, and they will make you breakfast. That's not an issue. Um, other than that, there are restaurants and uh, the such in Arkham, but they mostly only open at you know dinner time. So there might be a couple of places where you can get lunch, but Lunch is several hours away.
3: Yeah, I'll have some breakfast, and then before I go check in on my mom.
0: Okay. You grab something to eat, and then you head over to uh, Arkham sound mm-hmm. Which, even in the daytime...
3: Oh, no. First, I'm going to go check at the university, figure out where Christopher went. Hmm. Okay.
0: Um, it's a Saturday, but you, there's at least half the opportunity possibility that he might be at the university you walk over to the university that's uh, a bit of a walk from where you're at but not impossible to get to obviously Um, the university campus is not bustling but there's a fair amount of folks that are uh, spending their Saturday in and out of some of the buildings you go to the building that you met him in previously where he was working at uh, and there isn't there isn't a rece- you know, receptionist or any sort of greeter person there on the weekends. It looks like, but you are free to maneuver around the building.
3: Yeah, I guess I'm gonna try and find the his department and see if I can find his office.
0: You do. Uh, it takes you a good fifteen or twenty minutes. You're up and down in some of the different uh, floors and classrooms and, and symposium areas, and it feels a little weird to be inside like a a proper university. it's important to remember that in this universe that Arkham is on, Miskatonic University is is on par with uh, Harvard and Yale and all sorts of uh, Ivy League schools. So you get the same sort of, um, you know, old and ancient uh, buildings of education. There's a lot of, there's a lot of that here. Um, but you do find his office eventually. And uh, in the in the small crack there is between uh, the door uh, and the space beyond, you do see that he appears to be working at his desk.
3: Um, I guess I'll knock on the door.
0: And... You knock on the door. Uh, he looks up from what he was doing and... Kind of takes his glasses off and rubs his eyes. Uh, Yes, Maeve, come in, please. I'm I'm sorry, I got... Just come in.
3: I'll walk in.
0: He looks exhausted. He looks like he hasn't slept.
3: What happened last night?
0: Uh, I was pulled away by an emergency here at the school. I had to head back. I had to deal with a student that had, um, had an issue. Okay. He holds up a sheaf of paper, and you see all sorts of strange writing on it. Like,
3: familiar strange, or...?
0: Oh, you're not sure. It's a little strange. Um, unfortunately, what it does do for you is it makes your brain feel all weird again for a second. You're not sure if it's because you think the writing is strange or because your brain wants to think that the writing is strange. Um, but one way or the other that doesn't appear to be regular old English.
3: So, what is that?
0: It's whatever they were writing. Unfortunately, the student had to be sedated. Now, in my classes, with the metaphysical studies that we do, or at least the philosophy around them, uh, there are some texts that we deal with that are a little different. Sometimes it takes students to study them to get to understand the theories that have been used. But if you'll see here, he kind of points to one section of it. They seem to be working up to something. It it, it reminds me somewhat of the Key of Solomon, but the, the language they're using I'm not familiar with. Have you seen anything like it?
3: I, I don't know if it's like it. I've seen strange writing yes where um also people having issues in Chicago
0: hmm. interesting more than one then
3: yeah yeah a whole group of them
0: really no. What can you tell me about them?
3: Um, that they believed in this, um, God that, uh, they were trying to wake up, and, uh, they had all kinds of stuff going on, so. Hmm. I'm
0: trying to wake a God? I didn't know God slept.
3: Apparently they do. Hmm. How is your mother? Um, she's okay. Uh, She talks about these things that came to get her that started in Elgin. Get her? Yeah, like they're trying to talk to her or they're following her or they're rattling the bars on her
0: windows. Sounds like a pretty standard case of paranoia.
3: It does. Except for, I don't know, I just don't remember her having issues with these things.
0: How long has it been since you've seen her and talked to her?
3: Well, it's been quite a while because I didn't know she was here.
0: Well, I'm just merely pointing out that it's been, if it's been a little while since you spoke with her, maybe she developed them during that time.
3: Yeah, well, she says they followed her, so it's the same creatures or things.
0: Well, they're probably, they're probably never far from her because she's probably imagining them.
3: Yeah, perhaps. Um, were you able to get anything or were you pulled away pretty quickly from the asylum?
0: I was pulled away fairly quickly. Uh, I didn't get much into the records other than that. My plan was today to at some point go back and start again.
3: There isn't going to be much that I can do to get her home. So, I guess I'll be making regular visits here.
0: Well, I mean, that that doesn't sound bad to me.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's just it's a little far, but yeah, I have no legal recourse to bring her home. Why not? Because my father moved her here.
0: Your father moved her here? Neil?
3: Mm-hmm. Signed her papers
0: you start hearing your father's name in your head and you begin to drift a little bit and it's disconcerting because you can feel your mind drift and you feel your body slump for a moment and You hit something hard. Your body drops and you hit something hard. And when you come to, you are in a smoky, warm, humid restaurant. There's rich wood tones on the floor and on the walls. There are fans on the ceiling that are Moved and propelled by Leather Straps that move around There's uh, A definite uh, Latin feel To the Entire atmosphere here And At the table with you There are several people And they're people that you recognize It's just as if The hands of time have turned the clock back and made them younger. Across from you is Mr. Doyle, who seems years younger than you first remember him. And you see a man come into view in this strange vision, and he puts his hand down on the table and says, we are off for the pyramid tomorrow. Enjoy your drinks tonight. And something inside your mind, you, you connect with a memory of this man's visage. And you know that this man contacted you and he sought you out because he had something he wanted your assistance with. You can see the rest of the bar is, well, not very full, but there are several people that dot the area. The thing that is overwhelming inside of all this imagery is the humidity and the heat. At your fingertips on the table is a news article. And it talks about an expedition to find a lost South American pyramid. And the man who exclaimed about the expedition offers you a drink. And he says, this one's on me and you wake up in a chair in Christopher's office. The deep inhale and almost a a hammering in your chest from your heart pounding away. Are you all right?
3: Uh, Yeah, yeah, I've had a lot going on. You, you,
0: You feel the right side of your face hurts. I couldn't, I couldn't catch you. I couldn't get across the desk in time. You just, you passed out right in front of me. Have you been sleeping?
3: Uh, yes and no. I'm, I'm sure I'll be okay. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, I hope that you get everything worked out with your student. I'm gonna go see my mom before, uh, I head home.
0: He helps you up just from the chair. Maybe if you need anything, just at, just let me contact. Call me. You know how to get a hold of me. Yeah. I can be on the next train to Chicago anytime you need.
3: Okay. Well, the only favor that I'll ask is keep an eye on Mom and make sure they're treating her okay when I'm not here.
0: Well, she'll have an advocate here with me. I'll uh, continue my checkups on her. It might be useful if you talk with the folks at Arkham there to see if you can put a medical writer in her file. That might allow me more access based on uh, the wishes of an immediate family member. Now, there's no guarantee that they'll do that, but it might be possible.
3: Yeah, I guess it depends what my father has, if he just signed to move her, if he's signed other waivers, if he's, yeah, I don't know. I know right now she's not eating, and it's not good.
0: You want me to walk you over there?
3: Uh, no, I'll be okay. You have things to deal with here. I do. I will, uh, yeah, I'll say goodbye to you before I leave.
0: Okay. He walks you at least out and down the hallway. Just to make sure that you're steady. (laughs) You can still feel the humidity in your nose and in your throat as you kind of unclog it with a full breath of that kind of crisp northeastern air.
3: Uh, yeah. I will uh, yeah, head over to Arkham. Okay. Um I'm going to see the doctor first if I can.
0: Okay, yeah. Absolutely. Um it's not hard to get in to see him. Um the lady at the receptionist desk said that she figured you'd be back. Most people come back at least once or twice. Uh, And then you head up to the head warden's office. Mm -hmm. And he asks you to come in the same room, same desk, and asks what he can do for you.
3: Um, Is there a way that um, I can give um, my friend... Access to my mother for when I'm not here.
0: By access, what do you mean, Mr. Well, Shain? to
3: make sure that she's getting the care she needs and to come and visit her and make well, sure she eats.
0: I mean, the staff here at Arkham is fully prepared to care for your mother. We've been doing so for years.
3: I understand that, but, you know, it's different when it's family. And
0: uh, Is your friend family?
3: Well, I mean, he's been around since you know, we were kids. Hmm. My mother does know him. And, you know, I think that having somebody when I'm not here, you know, to follow through with my wishes as if I were here.
0: I see. So some type of surrogate for you. Yes. Well, why don't you give me a persuade role? Hmm... <laughs> Because we know how much of a social juggernaut you are.
3: Well, I at least have points in it. Yeah, good. See? You're fine. Oh, sweet. That's a 19. Uh, So that is a hard roll.
0: Very good. Check the box. Yeah. He kind of assesses you a little bit visually and says, uh, I understand that some of the friendships that we make at a younger age, even if they may not be... uh, with family members they uh, they sure feel like it
3: and i don't mean any disrespect to you or your staff that you're not i just want her to have a, fe- a you know a friendly face I a under- familiar face i
0: understand Ms. associated if anything when you're in such a place and attempting to recover uh, the more friendly faces the better yeah we'll, uh, i'll order our nurses and orderlies to allow your uh, family friend, uh, some access to her, although I will draw the line at any uh, medicinal procedures or any bloodletting or something like that.
3: No. He's not a medical doctor. Uh, he's a professor at the university.
0: Ah, Ms. Katana professor. We have several who uh, visit our patients here.
3: Oh, well, uh, I think you know him. Uh, professor Cross.
0: You uh, you see his, his Facial expression change a little bit. I wasn't aware that you and Professor Cross were friends.
3: Well, we grew up together, pretty much. Went to school together.
0: Hmm, interesting. Yes, it seems you are probably around the same age. Hmm. Well... Um, Professor Cross is, uh, has a bit of a reputation, you understand. He's a good man, but he does, he's rumored to to dabble in things, uh, strange things, you understand. Things that are not what we would call medical science.
3: Yes. Clearly you don't know much about my father, and that's okay.
0: Really? Was uh, Mr. O'Shea into these practices as well?
3: Um, he... He read a lot of that sort of thing. Hmm. Interesting. I've never found any hard evidence. You know, I think with my father it was a passing interest, perhaps. I don't know. Had a lot of books. So, I mean, it doesn't surprise me that, you know, somebody else would... Everybody likes the uh, unknown.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Yes. Well... I'll put it down that uh, professor Cross is allowed to see your mother although we will limit his time to make sure that your mother has time to recuperate
3: yeah I would like him to um, if he gets a chance to be able to um, see sometime some of her agitation at night to mm. report it to me
0: the most I could allow would be him to view her through a privacy screen that would be about it he
3: right for his safety and yeah
0: well and and for the privacy of the patient I would not want to uh, I would not want to have the two together after hours it wouldn't be proper
3: right right
0: very well all right then um, is there anything else
3: no um I'm going to go see her, and then um, I'll probably be heading back home.
0: Hmm. To Chicago, you said, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, as well.
3: And I'll probably, hopefully I can make it once a month back.
0: I'm sure your mother would appreciate that. Yes. Well, he stands up and gestures towards the door. Let me uh, see you out. Thank you again for coming, Miss O'Shea. I will be uh, sure to inform the nurses and orderly of your wishes with your mother. Thank you. You exit and you kind of take the slow walk out of Arkham.
3: Well, I'm gonna go see mom first.
0: Oh, right, right, right. Okay, very good. Uh, you take a left turn then, and you head towards the ladies' ward, and you head towards your mother's room.
3: Yes. Is she still sleeping?
0: No, she seems to be awake. Um, She is actually... She has a small desk pulled up near where her chair is. And your mother is drawing. Okay. Uh, A previous pastime of hers from when you were small, you can still remember. She used to draw with charcoal quite a bit. And she seems to be... Drawing some sort of swirled circle. There seems to be a lot of motion going on, whatever she's doing. And she's doing it with uh, a piece of charcoal, but she's also using the tips of her fingers. Uh, you you know your mother to have very, uh, very lithe hands. She has very long fingers, and she seems to be... Uh, Almost like an interpretive art when you come in. She doesn't seem to stop.
3: I'll uh, go next to her and look at her picture.
0: It's definitely... It's almost as if she's drawing something that's uh, a single body. But it's the outside of it has a swirl to it. Uh, this is a terrible example, but it's almost like a French braided object. It has a lot of, uh, definitely a lot of curves to it. And there does seem to be some type of head.
3: Okay. What are you drawing?
0: Uh, I'm drawing Don't you remember? I'm drawing it.
3: Don't I remember? From when?
0: I'm drawing... what you told me about. In Elgin. You came to see me. She turns... to to face you. Her eyes are blazing with intent. Don't you remember? You came to see me in Elgin, you said. She kind of motions up to the drawing and she takes her fingers and crushes a bit more of the charcoal, almost atomizing the piece she has to blacken her fingers all the way down. And she begins drawing this two kind of diagonal pieces that run the outside. And she begins drawing um, almost a diamond pattern around the object as if to cover it. And she moves in and out with each one of her fingers on her left and right hand. She's, she's, she's painting something. And she covers the first image she placed on there with, uh, in this just furious motion, she covers it with almost as if there's a, a, a wall guarding it. And there's a crack there in the middle of the wall. And it's through that crack that you're Seeing whatever is beyond it. And she finishes in this, you know, minute or two of furious motion. And she takes her charcoal covered hands and she covers her face. And she starts sobbing. You told me all about it in Elgin. You said it was beyond the wall. You can hear her labored, almost frenetic breathing. It was beyond the wall, and you saw it. You have no idea what your mother's talking (sighs) about.
3: Nope. I'm going to assume she was speaking maybe to my father. Have you seen it again?
0: I've never seen it. I never saw it. You can. her hands have slumped now at her sides and you can see her face is now covered in charcoal <laughs> dust. I never saw it. I never saw it. You, you told me, you told me you came back and that's what you'd seen.
3: Okay. I'm going to get a rag and clean her face up and clean yeah. her hands
0: off. She's, she's pretty docile. I mean, you would imagine that if she's been up this long, it, it, it's quite possible she's probably at her morning medication already. So she's probably a little, uh, a little tamped down from what she would normally be. You clean her face up. You clean her hands up. Um, she kind of moves back in to lay to kind of sit back in the chair and to stare out the window
3: can I keep this picture
0: she slowly nods
3: I'm gonna put that with my other collection of
0: yeah it's just a it's not an, an eight an eight by eleven or anything like that it's a it's more more of a a square kind of I don't know say it's a 16 inch by 16 inch piece of white paper mm-hmm. and on it there's a strange charcoal image
3: um yeah i'll uh take that and then uh have you eaten breakfast she nods what'd they make you today
0: they made me eggs she seems a little despondent just by the tone of her voice i don't like the eggs here they don't make them right But the doctor said I had to eat.
3: You do need to eat. It's very important. If anything, eat your toast. I'm assuming they give you toast.
0: They do. They do. I I miss the rye bread.
3: Okay. Well, what if I have uh, Christopher bring you some rye bread?
0: Hmm. She seems to warm a little bit at the mention of his name yes I would like that
3: hopefully he can visit you more
0: oh I I don't know if the the doctor will allow that
3: oh I talked to the doctor he said that he would why wouldn't the doctor
0: I think I don't know that all the doctors here are very nice
3: have they been, not been nice to you
0: I hear things at night. I hear things outside. It doesn't sound very nice. This, oh. is, this is a very similar refrain that you heard from your mother the last time you were here. Right,
3: that. right. Okay, well, um, I'll talk to Christopher, and I'll make sure that he can come back. And, uh... I will visit you, hopefully, in a month's time. Okay. And I'm going to give her a hug and kiss her on the forehead.
0: She seems to just kind of nod as you're leaving.
3: Yeah. Medicine's in her. She's probably going to be sleepy time soon. It's
0: time to sleep.
3: (laughs) Say hello to clouds.
0: That's right. There's nothing wrong with that.
3: (laughs) And then, uh, yeah, I'll... uh, Go to the train station, see when the next train is, and mm-hmm. then hopefully be able to see Christopher before I leave.
0: It looks like there's a train that is coming around 4 o'clock. Okay. It's a uh, overnight train, and then you would get in probably to the local Chicago time. Uh, most likely you'd get in probably the late Sunday night or early, early uh, Monday okay. morning. Okay. We'll leave you there for a second. Ms. Dunn, yes. Your plans for the balance of the afternoon, minus your uh, Egyptian cigarettes and uh, uh, infrequent random house guests.
1: <sighs> I think I am enjoying a bit of solitary right at the moment. Okay. Considering the past events, I've had more than my fill of other people for a few days.
0: Keeping up on the paper and the radio, perhaps, though?
1: I must admit, a bit of morbid curiosity. So, to see if any of the events show up, or anyone related to it. So, I'm sure, though, in my meanderings through the morning paper, I will, possibly in the back of my mind, take mental note whether or not I actually see any mention.
0: You do a bit of a deeper digging on it and you don't find any mention directly of the packing company or the stockyards in a direct reference to something terrible or terrifying or altogether unholy that might be going on there, even though it seems that it is. What you end up noticing with your kind of journalistic eye is that there does there exists on a kind of a back page a a deeper deeper page there does exist a story about uh, one of the companies that has been involved in the meatpacking industry lately it has to do with the railroads and it does reference that That they have had some difficulties making regular deliveries to certain areas of Chicago uh, because of delays on the actual rails.
2: Hmm. Now,
0: why this makes a difference to you is that you remember the building's position being very close to some of the older rail lines there. Yes. And so while there isn't any direct reference to it, the rail line... The deliveries, it does seem that, at least possibly, that whatever has happened there, it being a few days after the actual events have happened, there may be some reverberations going on down there, uh, and quite possibly someone is trying to deal with the problem long-term, which might be creating slowdowns. Not that you're probably going to be interested in running down there and checking anytime soon, but certainly
1: not on my own. (laughs) I'm maybe a fool in love, but I am not a fool in whatever was down there.
0: Yeah, no, no, I, I I know her better than that. I'm I'm sure that you would. uh, That's probably one of the last places you'd look to go.
1: Beyond that, I look for any mention of. Unusual circumstances happening, um, anything that would seem, after my experiences, out of the ordinary that may pop up unexplained, or perhaps a body or two, or...
0: Um, There was a, a theater on the north side of town that last night there was a... A man found in the alley and he'd been, uh, it it says anyway, uh, that he'd been set upon by something which had knocked him out um, and people claimed that it had climbed up the side of a theater. Hmm. Something. It's more of a gossip comedy type of of poster or a, a typing here, it almost it's not even a direct quote. It's more of a, someone within the paper, a, a writer for the paper, has uh, written a a small riff about this story they heard. Stories from you know mm-hmm. the jazz lands of Chicago.
1: Ah, uh, the embellishment needs work. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you could probably do a fair critique on the writing for certain. Mm-hmm. Um, but the theater itself, the Rex, is semi-well-known uh, as a Northside hangout for uh, gangster types of, of a couple of different coteries. Mm. It's a former uh, Nickel Theater and Nickelodeon, and it's also uh, a current cabaret location. Ah.
1: Uh-huh. Do you like their cabarets? They do. And we thought the kiss would be the end of it. Hmm. I should write a column called The Kiss of Death. Hmm. Would be highly appropriate. Mm. Mental note for later. Okay, well. Anything else that I find... Uh, possible missing persons, couple of lines in the back page.
0: Give me a, I would almost say library use. <laughs> uh, actually give me spot hidden, I suppose. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you spot hidden. Are you accent. sure
1: I can't use library use? <laughs> like,
0: you know what? Go right ahead. Okay. It's perfectly fine with me.
1: And that did me no good. Unfortunately not.
0: Okay. Um, No, you don't find that. So the last thing you probably find in today's paper is a for-sale listing that piques your interest. And that's the for-sale listing of a uh, Michigan Avenue apartment.
1: One that perhaps we were familiar with or Mm -hmm. knew of. Any name or contact information on the listing?
0: Uh, Yes, it is currently being sold. Mm -hmm. Let me find the uh, actual company, so I have it here for you. Once the document decides to freaking load, uh, yes, the company's name that owns the apartment that is selling it is Kent and Sons Music.
1: Hmm.
0: But the apartment uh, listing and the apartment number is the exact apartment number and listing that. Mr. Doyle and Mr. Forsyth went through when they were investigating Mr. Swift. Yes. It seems it's up for sale.
1: Ah, well, it seems Mr. Swift may have had some contingency plans that we did not know about. Not entirely surprising considering his pull. Hmm. Well, Is there a phone number? Um... Or some kind of...
0: Yeah, there's an inquiries.
1: Hmm. I jot down the information.
0: It's a local number.
1: Let's see what we can find
0: out, shall Hmm. we? Mr. Doyle, as far as the theater goes, are you looking or waiting for this lady to walk through the door? Is that the idea? Well, I was kind of hoping that maybe she would uh, show. Okay. I mean... You you hang out there for a little while. Um, You see a couple of other groups come in. You see another... What you're fairly certain, having been in Chicago for a few years now, you kind of got the uh, the relative rundown of what some of the folks here look like. Um, You see another group come in. And they are definitely north side outfit so things could get real interesting here if there's a problem so far everybody seems to be playing nice but
2: it's not going to take much these are two groups that definitely don't like each other right I really hope there's not another uh, shooting here because I don't need to be at yet another shooting. Yeah, you shooting. Don't, yeah, no.
0: Um You hang out for a little bit and then uh, after a while, you're not really sure how long you can keep hanging out here with nothing to do.
2: Mm-hmm. All right. When I came in, is there anything around here? A restaurant.
0: Or yeah, there are diners and and, uh, and restaurants in the area. You could maybe try to go sit and scope the place out if you want to. Yeah, I'm gonna try that. All right, you head out. Give me a spot hidden mo.
2: That is a hard.
0: Uh, there's a car about. There's a bunch of cars out front when you when you walk out. Two or three of them are running. And they have people in them, drivers in them. Uh, You take a look ahead of those cars because they obviously draw your attention. And when you look ahead of those cars, you see what you think is anyway, a very matching description uh, of a woman getting into a car with a fairly nice-dressed gentleman. And what piques your interest is
2: the fact that she's wearing a fur shawl. Just like they described. Yep. I can't make a positive idea. I've actually never seen a picture of her, but um, the gentleman she's with, do I recognize him?
0: Mm, It's possible. Let me see here. What do you have for... Hmm... I guess give me uh, an I. An ed you
2: roll seems reasonable. Uh, that would be a hard.
0: The man she's with, you recognize, at least you're fairly certain. You might need to get a closer look at him specifically, but if that's who you think it is, that could complicate things a little bit. Uh, the man she's with might be uh, a man named Louis Altieri. He is a fairly well known member of the Chicago North Side gang. He is also at least in police circles, because you used to frequent police circles. Uh, he is a He's well known as uh, an assassin. He's somebody who reportedly ha- kills and enjoys it. Can I head that direction, see if I get a better look at him? Mm-hmm. You can absolutely head that direction. He's got a traditional dark suit on with a, kind of a striped tie, and he has a thing about wearing hats. Uh, And that's what makes the picking him out a lot easier. He does not wear a traditional fedora most times. Uh, In fact, he's mostly known for uh, wearing not full-on cowboy hats, but hats that are a lot closer, the brims turned up a little bit, rather than being Mm -hmm. the straight-down, kind of a 20s-era fedora. Why don't you give me a... I'm assuming you're attempting to be unobtrusive, anyway. Yeah. Okay.
2: Pretty well stealth. Yeah, absolutely. That is a forty-one. Well, I failed. Uh, You hustle up, and it's
0: not so much that you make noise; it's that when you get up along the right side of the car, kind of on the walking on the actual sidewalk itself. You're on the right side of the car, and when you get into good view of where this guy is, he is looking directly in your direction. And you guys lock eyes, and you can see, it, it's that your gaze stays on him for a few seconds longer than it would be regularly comfortable. You know what it's like as a cop to eyeball somebody. Mm -hmm. And as a criminal, Louis Altieri knows what it's like to get eyeballed by somebody who's been in law enforcement. And the car begins to pull away slowly at first, and he doesn't
2: stop looking at your direction. I'll just keep walking. Okay.
0: Yeah, the car... Moves all the way down the street until eventually it takes a right. The lady that's in the back of the window with the shawl uh, fits a pretty close description to this lady that you've
2: been asked to find. I think that's uh, good enough for me. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to head back to the office. Okay. And give my contact. Back east to call. Ah, okay. For the uh, the job. Ah, okay. You're gonna ring them. Yes. Okay. You ring them. <coughs> it's uh, it's late, but you know. I mean, if it's not too late, I guess. Depends on how late it is.
0: Eh, it's probably
2: late, but you figure that any update is better than no update. All right. Okay. Some of the answers, I assume. They do answer. It, good evening. This is uh, Jack Doyle. Um. Yes, Mister Doyle, you have an update for us. We do. I, I believe I have located your uh, ex daughter in law. Hmm. Yes, it appears that Elise is here in Chicago, and she's in the company of a. Uh, a connected man. A con- Oh. Yes. A connected man. Uh, Very dangerous man. I see. Well, uh...
0: You, you have to understand... We... need her... Uh, back here. Right. Yeah. Uh, It's rather ugly, unfortunately, but I suppose as a private investigator you've dealt with things like this before. You see, we have reason to believe that she was involved with something rather heinous back here.
2: And she's been on the run now for some time. Right. Usually in these circumstances, I would have the the police pick her up. Unfortunately, the police in Chicago... Well, let's just say they have two they serve two masters
0: mm, sounds like the police here in New York yeah is there a way that you can circumvent these police and and uh,
2: acquire her i will see what i can do but it will be a delicate situation mm.
0: well the family here is willing to Double our investment in the investigation if you can make sure that
2: she's on a train back east soon. I will definitely uh, redouble my efforts. Wonderful.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you for the update, Mr. Doyle. We do appreciate it. Yes.
2: Much obliged.
0: All right, I'm going to call tonight's session right there. And so, what I want you to look forward to next week is uh, Miss O'Shea coming home, probably. Mr. Doyle probably be getting into a whole bunch more trouble, uh, and then hopefully, hopefully, Miss Stasi has uh, a wonderful evening planned ahead for her, because after all. She should get at least a little fun in before Mary gets back.
1: Or I have a very fateful phone call to make.
0: You may indeed.